Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. What is up, Super Nintendos? It is episode 699 of Nintendo Voice Chat. The best damn podcast. Not Nintendo, not video game. Podcast in the world. I'm your host, Seth Macy. I am joined today by Reb, all things considered, Valentine. We're, it's episode 699, so the next one is 700. Yes. 700 episodes of NVC? Yes. 
Yes, I will get to that in a, in a moment oh, after goodness. I introduce Logan Toadstool Boardroom Plant. Hey, you mentioned it, just like we yeah. got a request to in the Facebook group. Hi, Somebody sir. asked, why don't we talk about it? I was like, I don't know. We just never mentioned it before. But yes, you can listen to NPR and hear Reb, and then you can listen to Toadstool Barroom and uh, Board Barroom. Yeah, it's just Logan just getting drunk. <laughs> with a yeah, bunch that's of, the 21 uh, plus version. To be clear, yep. Toadstool Boardroom is actually like Logan's podcast. I was on yes. NPR one time. If you listen to NPR on a daily basis, you will not hear me every day. Well, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, uh, it is episode 699. And if you're wondering if we have anything planned for episode 700, yes, we are working with the ESA. That's actually the European Space Agency. We're going to fire a GameCube into the sun to celebrate. <laughs> actually, we don't we don't have anything planned for episode 700. I'm sorry. We're just going to be really excited about the, the rollover to 700. But we're not here to talk about next week's episode. We're here to talk about this week's episode, the topic of which is the Nintendo Partner Direct Overview. But before we get to that, I have some housekeeping. Oh man, what a jerk. Make sure to tune into IGN's Fan Fest beginning February 19th for exclusive interviews, trailers, gameplay, and more from the biggest names in games and entertainment, including Dune Part 2, which by the way, personally, so stoked. Uh, Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender, anime such as Oshinoko and Solo Leveling. I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Game exclusives from WWE, 2K24, and Street Fighter VI, along with reveals from Marvel Comics, Spawn Rat City, and more, more, how could they fit that much in? We'll also be streaming live on all of IGN's platforms for the main event on February 23rd and 24th with even more reveals and surprises from fan favorite shows, movies, comics, and games. And that concludes the housekeeping portion of this podcast. So yes, boy, was there a direct today. Anyone who got their hopes up, um, I think you deserve what happened to you no um, come on what... no okay we're gonna logan and i are gonna fight you this morning because yeah, okay. i think we're higher on it than you said. yeah i i when we were talking about how we were going to handle this direct internally uh there was a suggestion mm -hmm. of doing like a live reaction and i agree with the people who said it will probably not be worth getting up at 5 a.m to do a yeah. 6 a.m reaction to this direct correct that, that was said correct I enjoyed the direct. I hey, thought it was pretty good. Too. Pardon me. Excuse me. I did not say I did not enjoy the direct. I enjoyed the direct. But anyone who had their hopes up that they were going to announce Prime 4 coming out today. It's a partner was, direct. Well, somebody pointed out on the Facebook group that Rare, or uh, excuse me, Retro is technically a partner. No, Metroid anyway, is I first know. party. People, no, no, no. Some people were like, second. way too excited. No. Yeah. And I, that's, that stinks, but you always got to temper your expectations. But yeah, it was a fine direct. Um, I knew we were in for something when I jumped in and saw that it wasn't live. It was just a video. And I was like, ah, well. What's the this sentence is gonna... Dan Stapleton hates? Uh, this, he says we can't use it in reviews. There's something here for everybody. Something for everyone? Oh. Yeah. Something for everyone here. I think there yeah. was. Well, there certainly was something here for everyone who didn't want to a uh, metroid prime for uh reveal which obviously <laughs> we yeah, anyway but all right so it's we've i don't i don't think i'm going to read through the whole list because no. that would be silly you could just watch it but i would like to touch on some of uh the games that the both of you were most excited about and actually the uh the overlap the venn diagram oh, yeah. of games logan stoked on and games reb is stoked on has a pretty significant overlap mm -hmm. so reb what 
going through this list and let's do it chronologically what uh what what had you stoked first yeah i'm gonna start uh, yeah i'm gonna start from the top down uh the first one i see on here that i'm really interested in is actually ender an ender magnolia bloom in the yes. mist so i have not played ender lilies uh but i've had a lot of friends really hyped on ender lilies and this is i guess the sequel to that uh okay. i've never i've never played them i don't know what this is about uh but it looks kind of sick i'm into the aesthetic it's, it's got kind of this i don't know like a little bit of like near aesthetic plus yeah maybe some inside going on i don't know uh it, i don't know it's so, have either of you played Ender Lilies? Can you tell me anything no, about this, or can I just no, like invent? I was... Oh man, I was hoping one of you had played it. So you no, I'm holding out for Ender it. Chrysanthemums. Okay, well, th this is maybe a boring thing to start calling. Start this talking about this. That's how they started the, out, That's how but... they started the. Well, no, well, no, boring because I don't have any information about this. But oh. what I'm saying is, I liked the look of this. I've heard good yeah. things about Ender Lilies. Uh, Nintendo Voice Chat Facebook group, tell me why I should play Ender Lilies. I would. I. I I'm interested in this. Yeah. And yeah. the comments. Hit the comments and tell tell us all why we should be playing this game. So Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna play it because it just looks it looks like something that I would really enjoy. So Yeah. The one right after it though is one that caught both Logan and my attention. And that was it took us a, a Ranger, a role puzzling that. adventure. It looks really cool. Yeah, this is a top-down 2D puzzler that's coming this summer, and basically the, the whole world is a grid that just moves when you move as the main character, and I think that can lead to some really yeah. cool puzzle opportunities, and yeah, definitely some Zelda vibes from this, and just yeah. some of the puzzles mm -hmm. on display here, and yeah, I really like the art style too, so this one looks really For cool. For sure. Yeah. It is probably one of the most gorgeous games that they showed off in the... Uh, in the direct reb and you're also excited for this yeah same reason i love a good top-down puzzler i love i i got really i talked on the show earlier this year about void strangers so i love sort of like top-down grid-based puzzlers where you're moving a little guy around and trying to figure out how to arrange things in a room just right uh this isn't this doesn't seem to quite be a sokoban uh but i still really like the vibe and the potential for really interesting little rain teasers uh yeah, I, I think this looks cool. I had never heard, I I don't know if it was like newly announced or I'd never heard newly of it before. Newly announced today, yeah, this is new. Yeah, okay, I freaking love it. Yeah, sign me up for whatever this is. Summer? Yeah, great. I'll play this during the summer on my Switch. Yeah, all right. And uh, Logan, you're, you're, so you just saw this instantly and we're just like, yep, this is for me. Yep, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Well, I really love how it looks, but it didn't excite me. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It doesn't seem like a you kind of game. It's okay. I like puzzle games quite a bit, but this one's, I don't know. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I, I probably. So, all right. The one game that, I shouldn't say the one, but the next game in the list chronologically, uh, there's a demo coming out today and I'm going to try that demo out. And that's Unicorn Overlord because I've talked about how much I love it, the way that it looks. And I'm a little hesitant because I'm not really a strategy RPG guy, but I might, you know, overlook that. That I did there uh because it just i like aesthetically I, I really like it so logan are you excited for unicorn overlord will you be downloading the demo yeah i'll definitely check out the demo i think that it looks really cool we've talked about this one before just the, the really striking art style and yeah. another tactics option on switch that looks really great so yeah i'm glad this one's getting a demo because i think that it's really important to vibe with the the combat style of a game like this that's the majority of it's going to be combat, so I think it's nice that people can get their hands on it before it comes out. I, the yeah, more... I agree that vibes are critical. 
Every single time. So when when they first announced this game, I looked at it and said, oh, this looks beautiful. It looks like it's probably not for me. I'm kind of, you know, hit or miss on tactics games. I think I'll probably skip this one. But every single time they show a new trailer, I, I inch a little closer to, oh, what if I okay. buy this? I okay. like the art style. I like the music. I could get into this. So I don't know. Maybe I the demo might clinch it for me. Maybe I will just download the demo and see how I feel about it from there and, and make a call yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. I mean... It has a pretty great collector's edition that you can pretty easily get as well. So I'm kind of on the fence with that. It might even just be like, I don't like the game, but I buy the collector's edition anyway, because that's the kind of person that I am. So <laughs> yeah, that's later today, which I'm assuming by the time that you, you're listening to this, oh, it's yeah. already, or watching this, it's already out. So, you know, um, give your thoughts on the Facebook group or in the comments. Next up, we have Monster Hunter Stories. Logan. You're a Monster Hunter fan. Are you excited about Monster Hunter Stories? Yeah, so Monster Hunter Stories was originally a 3DS game, and it also has a mobile port on iOS and Android that came out a few years, few years ago. And this is the Monster Hunter series' take on Pokemon. It's a monster tamer, catcher, and battler with kind of this rock, paper, scissors-like formula. I've played a little bit of both the original and of 2, and I don't know, they, they skew pretty young in terms mm. of the complexity of the combat and stuff. So this isn't really one for me, but I think it's cool this one's getting a second shot on Switch because it was a fairly late 3DS game when some people are already kind of moving on from the platform and yeah it's it's got a really cute art style it's fun to see the monster hunter monsters kind of used in a different way in this game so i think it's a good one that's coming to switch it's it's a nice fit for the platform but probably not one for me yeah and it also feels like a late switch game as yeah, well yeah i'm just yeah. happy to see again i there's a whole conversation to be had about why it sucks that game preservation is often dependent on companies re-releasing things over and over again. But it is nice to see something that was, I, I remember being fairly beloved on the 3DS. Like I think I remember people liking this game, uh, getting sort of a new lease on life uh, and, and becoming available to more people. Yeah, it looks cute. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's for me and that's fair it's enough. Fine. It doesn't all have to be about me protagonist of reality all right epic mickey rebrush yeah. was not expecting this one no. at all i correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't the original kind of met with sort of like yeah. reviews like <laughs> yeah, it seems like a weird Reb, did you play the original no so i didn't have a wii i had a gamecube i i the gamecube landed right when i hit the age where my parents started saying okay if you want video games, you have to save up and buy them yourself. So I saved and saved oh and saved and I got God. my own GameCube and I started buying my own games and I got a couple for Christmas. But after that, I didn't, I, I had to buy all of my own consoles. So at the time yeah. I like over the, the years that the Wii was out, I only had like enough, well, pocket money to uh, salary from first high school job to buy handhelds. Uh, so I did not get a Wii, but then I got a Wii U at the time when I finally started having disposable income. So I skipped the Wii yeah, generation entirely. Up. I know, right? It's a horrible Welcome generation. Welcome to adulthood. It's a horrible generation to skip. Console. Um, I think it's the best Nintendo generation to skip personally. I'll throw that out there. I don't the like Wii the generation? Wii. I don't really oh. like it at all. 
I was one of those dorks that was really into Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I just thought Kingdom Hearts was the coolest thing ever, but I also didn't have a PlayStation, so I wasn't playing Kingdom Hearts either. I just really liked the aesthetic of Kingdom Hearts. I played Chain of Memories yeah. and thought it was the best thing in the world. It's not. Anyway, Epic <laughs> Mickey got announced, and I remember looking at this and going, oh my god, this is sick. Like, look at this. Mickey's like on this kind of slightly edgier adventure. He's fighting that that bunny guy uh he's doing things yeah. with ink and and finding like lost cartoons and stuff i was so into the idea of this game and i never got to play it and then it turns out it was kind of maybe just fine so yeah. i think what's gonna happen I'm, I'm stoked that this is coming back out again really excited to see games get a new lease on life i'm really excited to play this What's probably going to happen is I'm going to play it for a couple hours and be like, yeah, this is just fine and then move on. Yeah. But maybe I'll love it. I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm finally going to get to be Epic Mickey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember when this game was sort of in development in, in like the pre-release marketing stages and it was getting hyped up mm -hmm. pretty hard everywhere. Yeah. And there were really, really high expectations. There's some and wild kind of... development stories of this out yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not a lot of that hype and marketing and, and sort of excitement around this impossible, you know, these impossible expectations might have led to that game sort of getting middling maybe, reviews. Yeah. Like, I think maybe, maybe there's disappointment. And now that we don't have all of that behind it, it's just like mentioned in a partner direct, maybe we'll get to see the game for what it really is. And that might be an exciting thing. But what are you thinking about this, Logan? Yeah, I played this one on the Wii back in the day. It was one that I never finished, but I think the main takeaway I had from it was its art style was just too good for what that console mm. could deliver. <laughs> so I'm excited that it's an HD. I'm excited that it's getting a fresh mm. coat of paint. And yeah, it's it's not bad. I remember it getting pretty average review sevens, maybe a couple eights, yeah. but it's really its sequel, The Power of Two, that got the really poor mm. reviews that maybe dragged down the reputation of the entire franchise. So no, right. I think this is a fun one that's coming back. I'm, I'm down to play this one and actually finish it this time. Maybe, maybe I'll remember why I didn't finish it the first time. <laughs> I. I have a weird soft spot for when Disney takes wild swings. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not a Disney adult. I'm not super high on Disney stuff just generally, but I really love when Disney gets a little weird and Epic yeah. Mickey is one of those things. Kingdom Hearts was, and in some ways still is one of those things. Uh, I, there's, there's actually a mobile game out that I, I, I can't remember the name of. I knew I should have looked it up before I talked about this segment. There's a mobile game out that's like all about disney villains and it's kind of a visual novel thing but it, it's it's really weird and wild and interesting someone's gonna remember what this is in the comments uh but but it's doing like really shout interesting it what shout it out oh uh, yeah uh, trying to encourage engagement yes please please remind me of what this is but i've, I've heard that the, there's this mobile game that is dealing with disney villains that's still running and is like really popular and it, it's just very weird and does like really interesting things with their personalities and characters uh and i'm, I'm super into that and on the flip side, you've got stuff like Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is very fun and people love and I enjoyed myself, but it feels very sanitized Disney in a yeah. lot of ways in terms of, of tone. Uh, and so I, I love the weird swings. I love when Disney just gets a little strange. And I think Epic Mickey is such a bizarro pitch uh, yeah. that I'm so glad was greenlit. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I remember when Kingdom Hearts, the original Kingdom Hearts oh was like, I remember God. reading about it in like EGM. That's the coolest stuff. Kind of like you. I mean, I, I was a, an adult with a job, but I didn't have, I didn't always have like the $60 to just spend on, on video game when I could like spend $60 on beer with my friends. Um, and I am kind of glad I didn't get into Kingdom Hearts because that would be 
my entire identity. Oh now. My I God. just know that game would have dragged me down and I would have been the Kingdom Hearts guy. Dude, so you I watch that like... opening cinematic when you're like a preteen teenager and all hope is lost. It's As a and like 22 year old being like, wait a minute, there's square characters and and Disney characters. This is the craziest oh thing. I have God. to play this game. And then I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. Because now I would be arguing about uh, three and three thirty eighths, whatever that I don't know. There's like one game that has a really strange. Yeah, game. just the one. It's like so. three eighty five over two days or something. I hope that number is right. Uh, Twisted Wonderland is the Disney villain mobile game. Oh, awesome! That I keep meaning to play. I need to get on that. Well, now you got. Now you have no excuse. Um, Shin Megami Tensei Five Vengeance coming out June twenty first. All this did was make me realize that I never did finish Shin Megami Tensei Five. Big surprise there. But what are they adding to this uh, other than the word vengeance to make me want to go out and buy this version? Or anyone who's listening, why should you go out and buy this new Shin Megami Tensei? Logan, are you a Shin Megami? I'm not not a fan of this, but I did have to do some looking into it when I was covering all the games in the database this morning. And they're basically adding an entire new uh, story chapter in this that kind of has an alternate ending where you can choose revenge instead of choosing the main story path that the original goes down. So basically this is like the Persona 5 Royal or the Dragon Quest 11S version of Shin Megami Tensei okay. 5, right? It's the expanded version that comes out a couple years later with more content. So yeah, this game got pretty good reception when it first launched. And I, I think it's interesting. It hasn't quite taken off as much as some of the other big RPG series have in recent years because it's from Atlas. It's in the same vein as Persona. So I think it's interesting this one hasn't taken off in the same way. I'll be honest with you. This trailer was confusing to me. I did not understand (laughs) from watching it that this was Shin Megami Tensei V with extra content. I I thought this was like some sort of Shin Megami Tensei V spinoff. I didn't didn't follow what was happening here. Yeah, it it was a little, the messaging was a little, little muddled, but that's fine. you know what I did and you know what I've been doing and I said I wasn't going to do, which was go through the entire list chronologically. So I want to go back to how we started this. Reb, what's the next game on this list that has gotten you excited? Well, with apologies for skipping Super Monkey Ball, uh, really stoked about Fantasy Life I, the girl who steals time, yes. which I've talked about on the show nice. before. Uh, I Acknowledging the fact that there may have been trailers out there that I just didn't see, this was the first time I've seen any like extended look at what this game actually is uh which was nice uh it looks like there's some time travel shenanigans going on where you're going back in time and and exploring and fighting monsters and doing different things and then going back to your own time and building this little village out uh everything that i want from fantasy life is here you've got all the little jobs that you can do and and you can do your little crafting jobs and you can do your little combat jobs and you can go dungeon crawling or you can sit at home and and do carpentry uh all of that stuff looks really fun uh it does look very 3ds to me uh which the the previous game was on the 3ds or the the, yeah the 3ds uh so it, it doesn't feel like they have advanced much in terms of gameplay or anything it just looks like more fantasy life which is fine that's kind of what i wanted uh i don't I don't know how I feel about that. I, I I don't know realistically what else I would have wanted from this other than just more fantasy life. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to play this. October is a very long time. I wish it was coming sooner. Yeah, that's uh, fantasy life is one of those uh, 3DS games that I missed out on. It's like 
that and Ever Oasis are two of the games that oh, I, I Ever really Oasis wish is good. that I had played. And so I'll probably check this one out. But Logan, what's what got you excited? What's the next game on this list or one that we passed over? Yeah, I got to go back to Super Monkey Ball, and it's unfortunately not for a good reason. So yeah, <laughs> oh, Super no! Monkey Ball, Banana Rumble, hooray, new Monkey Ball. I, yeah, I'm an enormous fan of the original two Super Monkey Ball games from the GameCube. I think that people say there's no such thing as a perfect video game. Super Monkey Ball 2 is a perfect video game. There is Whoa. nothing that I would change yeah. about that game. It is just, it is immaculate. It has just perfect precision pinpoint controls, amazing level design that the beginner levels are fun for a party. And then the expert and master levels, you will bang your head against a brick wall for hours and hours to get through them. And it's just phenomenal. And then it has this selection of 10 party games that are just awesome. And that was over 20 years ago. And there has not been a good game in the series since Super Monkey Ball 2, despite Sega continuing to trot them out time after time again. And this is the first original Super Monkey Ball game in a while, because the other two on Switch are remakes. They remade Banana Blitz, which was the Wii one, and then Banana Mania was supposed to be a remake of 1 and 2, but it just, it's the most disappointed I've ever been in a video game in my entire life. Honestly, oh, Super Monkey damn. Ball Banana Mania is the biggest disappointment ever that I have felt in a video <laughs> oh game, because God. they ruined the controls. It controls like garbage. It just does. The, the later levels are nearly impossible because of how they just ruined the physics system in Banana Mania. So I'm hoping that this can bring something back to the series being the first original one in a while, but I wasn't super inspired by anything I saw in the trailer. It looks like oh. they're just doubling down on, it's a party game. As we see here, there's 16 monkey balls on stage at once. That's yeah. not why I play monkey ball. What? I don't really think that's why anyone plays monkey ball. So I'm going to play it because I'm obsessed with the franchise, but I'm not hopeful that it's going to be anything <laughs> very good. You're I'll play it, excited. but I won't enjoy it. You're not excited for the yeah. inevitable Monkey Ball 99? That would be cool. I would <laughs> play Monkey Ball Wait, what? The, the amount of monkeys is... So one monkey is fine. 16 monkeys is bad. 99 monkeys good? Explain this yes. to me. Well, yeah, because... Okay, because this is like... This is like... <laughs> the, this isn't committing either way, right? This is... Oh, it's Monkey Ball, and then there's 16 of you. Monkey Ball 99, you know what you're getting there. You're getting a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous, silly time. Like, F-099... It should be F Zero should either be a single player hardcore racer, and then it totally worked in '99, and I didn't. <laughs> but if Ball, we had F Zero sixty six or F Zero sixteen, that would be unacceptable to you. If it had like items and and garbage and bad physics, yeah, that would be unacceptable. How do you feel about <laughs> Mario thirty five? Mario thirty five is cool. Yeah, okay. I wish it wasn't <laughs> gone forever. <laughs> I like, forget where the wiped it from the internet but it's With, cool i'm trying to figure out where the low the amount of things on screen number threshold is for you i'm just mad at the monkey ball franchise no, it's that's like fair. i'm giving, it's I'm, like my I'm, childhood sorry. best friend that has just we've gone in completely different directions in life and <laughs> i want it to come back to me but it's just not going to man yeah the, the my personal problem with 16 monkeys competing <laughs> is that they're gonna go <laughs> They're going to go flying off the edges and it goes against the core tenet of being an ape which is ape shall never kill ape which mm. we all know from of course the planet of the apes yeah that explains why you I never played it. donkey kong 64 multiplayer that explains a lot. <laughs> i love donkey Again. kong 64 multiplayer. So <laughs> seth didn't know it, it existed incredible. i didn't even know that there was a multiplayer. sorry derailing i guess the difference the difference i can more articulately put this is that monkey ball 99 i would imagine it would be everybody on their own course and then like tetris you're doing your own tetris board and then the things you do 
cause distractions mm. and obstacles on other people's boards. I would like Monkey Ball 99 if it was that. If it's just you're rolling down the track, bumping into 98 other monkeys. <laughs> so it, it would depend how they would do it, I guess. Just, yeah. Well, need 16 Monkey Balls on the track. At once. I'm going to use this as an excuse to call out engagement again. I'm going to say, tell us, what's your perfect number of monkeys in the comments below? One. One, one, one monkey. One, one is the correct answer, yeah. I'm going to just quickly shout out Gundam Breaker 4. I've never played a Gundam Breaker game, but I just it, the idea of like making little Gundam models appeals to me. I have several half-finished Gundam Gunpla in my house, um, and you know maybe if I played them on a video game, I'd actually complete how sick they are that's the thing about gundam is like these freaking robots are so awesome they're so badass and then i watch the series and i'm like ah. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe i don't need to know everything about these maybe i could just enjoy them as tiny plastic um robots with sniper rifles so. this is super not in my wheelhouse whatsoever but i did enjoy as i was watching this direct listening to this section and hearing a very cheery nintendo direct voice this is called gunpla <laughs> Gunpla. Or, or how, however they said it is. <laughs> Thank you. Explain and you could get parts for your Gunpla. Yeah. I don't know anything about this game. I know, I actually think I own one of these games on like Steam and have just never played it. But okay. What's next? Reb, what are you excited about? Uh, I'm. I'm a bunch a bunch of stuff like mildly uh like another crab's treasure we've seen before yeah. uh that i think that looks, looks really good. fun i think yeah. being able to play as a little crab dude run around pick up different shells yeah. fight off little fishy guys i don't know that game yeah. seems fun seems like it has a good sense of humor i'm into it i don't i don't have anything like complex or deep to say about it i just think it'd be fun to be a crab i mean for yeah. once i'm sick of enemy crabs let's be friendly crabs I will say these these guys have a great social media game. Uh, there was like the nice. whole a whole saga recently. Uh, shout shout out to these developers. Their office got robbed like multiple times in a row. What? Uh, and they were just their social media was just leaning into the sort of humor of being robbed not once, not twice, but three times. And they were they were being very like self aware about it. Uh, they're uh, I, what did they say? I think they had an Xbox fridge stolen. Uh, that had like <laughs> the, the presumably because someone thought it was an actual Xbox they were stealing, but they just stole the fridge, uh, and it had like either nothing in it or just uh, some random soda in it, and so they didn't get anything out of it. I, I don't know. They were just their, their social media presence is really fun. They seem like a really cool studio, uh, Agro Crab, and uh, this game looks good. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't have anything more to say. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Crab. It good. looks good. It looks fun. And yeah. I'm curious. It's crab season it here in the Bay. I hope I get to eat some crab soon. Wow. You know what? It's always crab season here in Maine. So oh, my gosh. Not to brag. Battle of the coasts. I can go get crab right. <laughs> so can I. Logan, what's next? <laughs> it's crab season. I'm super excited that the Star Wars Battlefront games are coming to Nintendo Switch. Battlefront 1 and 2, I played so much of these at friends' houses on PS2 and on original Xbox back in the day, and they're so much fun. They they have this just arcadey feel that the modern two Battlefronts, which I like, just never managed to capture in the same yeah. way. And online multiplayer with up to 64 people in Star Wars Battlefront, I think is going to be 
super fun. It's coming to all platforms. And yeah, it just looks exactly like what I want. An awesome fit for Nintendo Switch. And yeah, Aspire's been cranking out a ton of classic Star Wars console and PC games on Switch. There was that Heritage Collection that had eight different Star Wars games included. And now that these two are joining, you can pretty much get any classic Star Wars game you want on Nintendo Switch. It's become one of the ultimate Star Wars machines. It's awesome. The Rogue Squadron. That's true. That's a big miss. Yeah, Ro- big, the Rogue Squadrons need to come back. That's a big... I, I have a feeling that they're probably working on a repackaging of that, and we'll get that for like a Summer Direct or something. Yeah, I actually... I never played the Battlefront games. Uh, I don't know why. Probably because I was so anti-prequel for a, a while there that I, I wouldn't play anything that had them, but um, 64 players, like, that's a fun way to play a shooter game. I, I do love big maps and, and a lot of people we're not going to talk about that reb i see you're like, <laughs> like a 64 yes <laughs> 64 is a good it's a it's a yeah it's a good number all right reb what's next you got your kitty by the way if you're not yeah, watching this on robo. youtube you're missing out on reb's cat uh her sister is luca i have a luca and robo uh pair nice. trigger. she lives on the second floor what that's a song reference oh god bless you seth I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody got that out there in Radio <laughs> Land. <laughs> Some old person. Oh my gosh. No, uh, ne- next for me, very, so we didn't talk because I, it sounds like none of us are really into it, but like earlier in the show, there, there's been, over the Xbox community, there's been a whole tizzy about a kerfluffle a whole kerfluffle about xbox games going to other platforms we did an episode on it on nvc a while back where we talked about how neat that would be uh all sorts of stuff anyway great comments on that one. Oh my god <laughs> i don't think those were regular nvc listeners no, frankly not at all. uh anyway earlier in the show grounded was announced as coming to yes. nintendo switch I've never played Grounded, not really a game I'm super interested in, but I've heard good things about it. It seems like it's gone well. The audience seems very happy about it. So if that if that intrigued you, you should probably play Grounded on Switch because uh, it seems like it'll be really good. Anyway, all this is leading up to me saying buried in the montage, buried yes. in the montage at the end of this direct is the real winner of the Xbox games coming to Switch uh scenario pentiment uh pentiment freaking phenomenal game i played that on xbox oh my god it's so good that is contra that is not pentiment if you're looking at that thinking that's pentiment it is not uh oh oh, because it's the montage that's pentiment right there yeah um yeah there's only three seconds of footage right i forgot (laughs) about that all of red pentiment is this game uh it is it is from uh josh sawyer who's like a very renowned developer who's worked on uh i I believe like new vegas uh and several other games that people are just really stoked about uh but he he and the team uh over there have done this really interesting weirdo story game set in 1500s bavaria about this guy named andreas Mahler who shows up at he's he's an illuminator he illustrates manuscripts for like art in the 1500s and he shows up at this monastery and there's a murder and his friend this monk uh, gets blamed for the murder. And so he kind of becomes sort of a rookie investigator and tries to figure out who actually did it. Uh, Pentiment takes place in three acts. There's three different sort of mysteries to solve across the three different acts. Uh, critically, and one of the things I love about Pentiment is that you are not necessarily, there's not necessarily a right answer 
Uh, I mean, there might be, but mm. you you are effectively going down this path trying to figure out who is going to be held responsible for these murders, and it may or may not be a person you actually think did the crime. Uh, and the cho the choices you make impact the story in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, it's it's not just a concrete, oh, you can get a good ending or a bad ending scenario. It's very, I, I played through this game and at the end of my playthrough, my Andreas was a total loser who had screwed up every relationship in his entire <laughs> life. And honestly, it was great. Like, I love nice. this game. Really cool medieval history stuff. Uh, yeah. Really cool. If if you're into religious history, I grew up Catholic. And so I had like a lot of sort of innate knowledge of like weird religious history and, and cool, like, I don't know, creepy saint stuff. Uh, it's it's really fun. I love this game so much. It was one of my favorite things I played a couple of years ago. I believe it came out in 2022. But yeah, glad yeah. this is getting a, a new chance to reach a different audience on the Switch. I, I think it's a great Switch game. Very cool. Logan, what is your experience with this game, or do you not have it? Yeah, this is one where I played it a little bit on Game Pass and kind of said, wow, I hope this comes to Switch someday. I placed a bet that it would <laughs> and put it down, and here it is. So I'm very excited to dive into this. It very much seems like my kind of game. And yeah, this is a really great one to get from Xbox. And on that note, Hi-Fi Rush, PlayStation 5, not Nintendo Switch. So yeah, not Nintendo Switch. if we're getting that. And it looks right now like we're not. So that's an interesting note of today as well. That's a very another very good game that I think would do quite well on the Switch or match quite well with the Switch's sort of vibe. So uh, let's see. that. You know, also among that three second uh, bit of footage in the montage, it's out today or tomorrow rather. Yeah. So yeah. if you're yeah. Yeah. You'll be able to get this like immediately. Which if is... you're looking for something to play right now, like like this is it. It's not even very long. It's it's a fairly short, sweet game, but God, it's so good. I'm so happy about Pentiment. This was this was the highlight of the show for me, and it was buried in the montage. I might yeah. play it again. I I almost like missed it because I was like, oh, it's a montage, and I started to like do other things that I had to do for work. And then the Slack blew up. Everyone's like, oh my god, and that's Pentiment. how I knew. Like if I hadn't looked at Slack, I wouldn't have known. So. Um, Logan, Penny's Big Breakaway, did that excite you at all? Yeah, this is one I've talked about on the show before. I'm really excited yeah. about this is a 3D platformer coming from some of the developers of Sonic Mania. It's their first kind of game as a new independent studio, and it's a shadow drop. It's out today. It's out right now. I haven't had a chance to yeah. download it and dive into it yet, but it just looks awesome. I've watched a little bit more gameplay footage of it and just looks super fluid, awesome platforming, good collectibles. Like if you want a classic 3D platformer, maybe kind of looks like N64 era or honestly like a lost PS2 GameCube era game or a dreamcast game this game looks yeah. really really cool i'm excited to see kind of what the reception is doing now that it's out yeah i'm interested to see if it's good or not <laughs> i don't i'm i don't know why i think that oh they shadow dropped it today it's going to be bad but i don't know well i'm hesitant so I'll, i rely on you logan to to give me a fair and honest appraisal of this game when you inevitably play it beat it all so um, oh, Pocket Card Jockey. That's coming to Nintendo like Switch that. finally. That's that was like, like what we talked favorite, about. I feel like people I was gonna yeah. say community love Pocket Card Jockey. Yeah, this this came to mobile a little bit ago. It's yep. it was originally That's on good. 3DS and yeah, I'm excited to play this because this is one that I bought when the 3DS shop was closing down because I totally missed it. I've never played this and now I'll buy it again on switch that's how they get me they're bringing all these 3ds games yep. to switch now that the shops are closed and we all scrambled to buy monster hunter stories and pocket card jockey and all these other things and now they're just rolling them out on nintendo switch but th that's wow. a good thing this is a really good one to come back 
Yeah, I bought it on an iPhone based on industry legend uh, Cat Bailey's rec glowing recommendations many times on the show. And yeah, and now I wish I hadn't because I think it'll just be much better experience on a Nintendo Switch. So that is coming now. It's out. Go get it. Go buy that game. Shadow um, drops today. A, a lot of shadow drops. There was a cool NSO announcement, which I, if they hadn't have said coming to Nintendo Switch Online, I would have thought, okay, now the Rare Replay Collection is coming. But uh, so we get uh, the Battletoads game for Super Nintendo, which I've never played, but is, has got to be better than the NES one. That game sucks. I don't care what everyone says. It's impossibly difficult. Um, RC Pro-Am rules. That's coming in the NES. Snake Rattle and Roll is another NES game. It's fine. It's, you know, it's whatever. Uh, Killer Instinct for the Super NES, I think was like the first 32 meg cartridge. Dude, me and my friend, oh my God, we used to play Killer Instinct so much. We had all the Ultra Combos memorized and it was so stupid. You just like put the controller down and watch like a 64 hit combo go on. But that game also rules. And then the best news of all, I mean, come on, say it with me, Blast Core for Nintendo 64. Who's excited for Blast Core? Reb, you excited for Blast Core or what? I don't see Donkey Kong 64 in here, therefore. Yeah. Yeah. That... I'm happy for you. I'm glad you got your no, Blast I'm, Core. I, Blast Core is actually a game that is better remembered because I did play it on Rare <laughs> Replay. I loved it when it came out, played it. I literally stayed up an entire night, a work night, uh, playing that game because I like was having such a fun time. Got it on Rare Replay, started playing it, and I was like, hmm. This isn't nearly as good as I remember being delirious from lack of sleep, but yeah, no, <laughs> no DK old, Most old games are not, yeah. I know, especially especially like sixty four games. A lot of those games have. Uh, a, whoa, I actually talk about that during Meverse. I, I played a game that definitely did not hold up, uh, and I forgot to shout it out. But Logan, are you excited for any of these any of these uh, games from Rare coming to NSO? To be honest, I rarely boot up those Nintendo Switch rarely. Online apps. I just what don't the? do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost never Dude, in it. two of, I think it was the NES and the Super NES were, like, for 2022, my most played in my, like, Switch, you know, year in review were those two games, uh, or those two services, rather. Man, okay, well, that's fine. That's fine. They blew out the show with Endless, Endless Ocean Luminous, a very beautiful game that I don't necessarily think was the show-stopping uh bring the bring the roof down kind of moment nice it looked beautiful it yeah, looks like a go, very go fun like kind of relaxing game but there was something going on across the entire planet in japan during their direct yeah uh that logan and reb both very excited about they, reb, what what was on the that japanese direct they're putting mother three on nintendo switch online but finally only, but only in japan ah monkey paw <laughs> yeah. what? i don't know if i'm more excited or disappointed i think it's just a disappointment that's, that's so rude why yeah. would you do that to us yeah. mother uh, three because... is so good i played a localization like a fan localization of it last year i talked about it on the show it is an absolutely incredible game it also probably needs some slight tweaks if it's ever coming to the United States. Because uh, sure. there's some stuff in there where I was like, hmm, I, 
I would not write that into a video game myself personally. Uh, but like the the core, the, the majority of that game, the core of that game is so good and beautiful. It's just like lovely coming of age story about dealing with grief as a family. And oh my gosh, it just, oh, it's so good in every possible way. And yet, and yet, and yet, and yet we don't get it. Japan gets it. Uh, I, the most optimistic take I can have on this is that Mother 3 is still on their minds, at least, and they are still willing to, I mean, like, yeah. consider finding ways to bring it to... Oh, I have a theory, but I'll talk about that one. No, what's your theory? Well, uh, well okay. So, the, the prevailing... Not the prevailing theory. The theory behind why Mother 3 hasn't been localized and brought to the United States is because a lot of the music is just... Not yeah. only is it influenced by the Beatles, but it's basically the Beatles. Yeah, a little um, bit, yeah. Yeah, so... But in Japan, they have different... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What, a pub, not public domain. Is it public domain? Like, Mickey Mouse, the, the original Mickey Mouse just went into the public yeah. domain after, what, seven They have different but rules Japan, around how that all They happened. have different rules. And uh, my theory is that the uh, number of years in, that make it qualified in Japan to be in the public domain have passed, and now they're acknowledging it. But here in the United States, that's not going to happen for another, like, 50 years. So basically what I'm saying is when we're all putting on our Switch goggles and going oh into God. the Switchiverse, then you'll be able to play mother three in the united states as el an elderly person oh my goodness no? Logan, tell okay. me tell me what you think about mother three yeah, that's what i want to know yeah I, I like mother three a lot i like earthbound a little bit more i'm just more partial to that world and those characters but mother three is awesome i've similarly played a, a fan translation of it and yeah i just thought it was delightful the, the combat system is awesome it has that kind of oh, button so pressing to the beat of the music thing that is is super unique and really cool that a lot of other rpgs have kind of done in the time since it came out and a really really emotional mature story for what that game looks like like it, it packs a punch that you wouldn't really expect from it but you know, it's just phenomenal and yeah earthbound is just so underserved in in general in nintendo we need a remake yeah. of earthbound and then eventually a remake of mother 3 because that, that series needs to come back i feel like it would do really well if it did people like turn-based yeah. rpgs they're in right now they're they're very good and popular again right yep. now and i think mm -hmm. that earthbound could be poised to to be a new pillar of the genre if it just if nintendo gave it a chance and i hope they do on the next system and i, I think that they might I think the biggest issue is that you need Itoi involved, uh, like the creator of the Mother Games, uh, because it's it's his writing and storytelling that really stands those things up. And he, by and large, he seems like a pretty happy guy. He seems like he's just content hanging out and making whatever art he wants, and that doesn't necessarily mean video games. Stationary, uh, right? Nope. Isn't that something he's into right now? I, I don't he had, remember. Like, There's uh, yeah, but he just seems he seems pretty content doing. He has said that like he generally supports these things like you know being sort of available to more people and and being being thought about and and used yeah. in different ways but he's he kind of put the onus on nintendo to do something about it uh i i will say to your point logan about about the battle system having sort of that rhythmic thing to it uh that is probably tied in with the reasons why it's hard to bring to the west because you could say okay well why don't they just like ch tweak the tracks a little bit or take out the tracks that are problematic well because the battle system is so dependent on pushing mm. on because you attack you basically attack to the rhythm so whenever whenever it's your turn to attack you hit the button and then you keep going with the rhythm of the music there's so much like weird small like you can't you can't just tweak the music a little bit you'd have to like totally redo everything around the battle system to make that work <laughs> 
this year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I could watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. But we also got some uh, Mother 3 merch announced that yes, yeah. really awesome. It's the adorable four plushies that come together in a box set that probably are going to go along and match this one. Oh, uh, right yeah, this Flexing. is the Mother 2 or Earthbound uh, plush set that has yes, Paula, Jeff, and Pooh. And I imported it. It was a little bit pricey, but worth it because there's there's just barely any official Earthbound merch anywhere. So yeah, oh, we went back in stock, and I jumped. Will you be importing the new one? I don't think so. No, like I said, more of an Earthbound guy than a Mother Three guy. So I'm I'm good with this. One. Fair enough. Reb, will you be importing those adorable plushies? I don't. I'm I'm not a, a collector of stuff, uh, so I don't. The, I don't usually import anything. I will say if I end up, we, we've talked about a trip to Japan in the next couple of years. If there mm-hmm. is an opportunity to pick those things up, just like at a store while I'm there, I it might be hard to resist. Okay. We shall see. We'll check back on you in a couple of 
see where you're at with that. But so one of the things I kind of noticed about a lot of these games was that they look kind of, I want to say bad, but they definitely <laughs> don't. They some of these weren't like the most graphical powerhouse games, yeah. Which is a bit of a bummer because we have found out a very juicy rumor that the Switch Two actually isn't coming until 2025. So we have probably a year of scrambling to come up with topics for the show each week, but. Yeah, Reb, do you think that's the right move on Nintendo's part, or do you think they're really screwing the pooch? I, I, I mean, look, you gotta. It, it's really everything sort of comes down to what developers are able to do right now, mm. right? Like, if I if I am a game developer, and you know, roughly roughly a year ago, a Nintendo rep had a meeting with me and said, "Hey, uh, we're starting to talk about the next system. Here's some like really loose info about what that is. I mean, I don't, I don't know how these conversations go. Nintendo's very secretive, but like, here's some very loose info about what you should be targeting. Then I have a decision to make, right? Depending on the kind of game I'm making, I'm either making a game where it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like not, not like a high priority to like push the limits technologically on what I can be doing. Like, you know, pocket card jockey, or I'm making right. something that is already kind of straining on the Switch, and I have some time, and I can look at the, the this information Nintendo has given me, and I'm like, okay, we're going to delay this out, you know, another six months, a year, however long, and we're going to make it as good as possible for this new console launch, because then we're going to get all the marketing behind it. Uh, it's going to be, yeah. you know, a launch title, or it's going to be close to a launch title, and so we'll be able to come out with a bat bang and be, be on this new console at a time when there are not a lot of new games coming out on it yet. Uh, you know, it, it's like a whole calculus. So I don't, I don't think anybody's sort of sitting there twiddling their thumbs on a strategy of, oh, let's just sort of release the dregs of the Switch or anything. Like, I think a lot of these games look really good. Uh, I, oh, again, I wasn't saying that they, I just say like some of these games look yeah. kind of creaky now. But it also, I mean, I think some of it ties into, like you were mentioning the, the 3DS uh, and Wii U, Wii U represented a little bit less, but like the 3DS uh, eShop closing. And so it's like, okay, well, we have a bunch of low hanging fruit of games that were really beloved yeah. that we can give a second lease on life. Uh, we've got this Xbox, Xbox partnership going on. We can bring some games over. I mean, you know, they're killing time. They're killing time until the next Switch console. And you can't just have no games. So these are like most of this is is e I don't want to say easy stuff. Video games are not easy to make. They're not easy to port. But relatively compared to make a video game into Chad GPT and it works. Right. Yeah. Com compared to a lot of other things they could be doing. You know, this is like low hanging fruit. This is stuff you can just sort of like pop on over with without, you know, seven years of effort. And, you know. Fine. And I don't necessarily mind that, given how no. some of the rest of the industry looks, where it takes seven years and hundreds of million dollars to make a mm -hmm. game to the point where it's looking unsustainable. I like that Nintendo is home and has these partners that are creating these very sustainable games that are just coming out. No, they aren't going to blow the world away with their visuals, but they're probably going to be pretty fun to play. And also, yeah. I also think that when you watch a full-length 40-minute Nintendo Direct, the games that visually look and run the best are the Nintendo-developed games. So then when you mm -hmm. pluck those out and you watch a partner showcase and you see, oh, this is people who don't know the hardware as intimately as Nintendo does. So I think that might be part of what you were you were seeing there, Seth, with, yeah, some of these games do look rough, but like Fantasy Life, we said it looks like a 3DS game. 
I love 3DS games. I don't want dedicated handheld looking games to go away just because we don't have dedicated handheld consoles anymore. So I'm perfectly fine with that. I think that I really like the show overall. I also want to shout out that Endless Ocean, actually Nintendo's publishing that game. So that is the one Nintendo published game in this entire direct. I think that's maybe why they ended with it, even if it wasn't the most exciting thing. That's a that's kind of a first party thing. So that's their May game. We can put that on the calendar. And we know that Paper Mario and Luigi's Mansion are coming sometime after that. So we're getting a good idea of the shape of 2024 as a whole for Nintendo's publishing offerings. I really think it sounds like they were planning to release a console this fall. And it sounds like maybe it did get pushed to next spring. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit tired of all the Switch 2 speculation. And it's only I'm February. so tired. I'm a little bit sick <laughs> of it. But I will say if they did push years, it but... to March... It's probably it's probably for the best. I would hope Nintendo is trying to recreate the magic of the Switch's launch year where they had a first-party mm-hmm. banger ready to go basically every month, yeah. if not every other month. And remember, when Nintendo jumped into HD, it took them a while to kind of get a grasp on the reins of HD game development. It, it took several yeah. years for them to get this consistent stream of games coming out of their first party studios and maybe the switch 2 is a big technical leap and it's taking them a similar amount of time to kind of get used to the increased development costs and the increased resources required to make a game that runs at 1080p 60 fps and and maybe that's why it was pushed and if that's the case so we can have a strong launch lineup with a big 3d mario a mario kart and other stuff i'm fine with the slow holiday season oh yeah especially if it means they're going to crank out more ports. I think this report of Switch 2 getting pushed potentially to 2025 makes it more likely that we see Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on Switch. Oh, really my God. Oh, my gosh. I, these are made-up games. They are not happening. They are not. I, I, think, it, I think it could happen. Like, this I'm is just gonna totally fictional. Oh my I, no, God. I agree. I, I think uh, my thought on the issue here is that uh, I think this is actually a brilliant move on Nintendo's part. If the Nintendo Switch successor is coming out in Q1 of 2025 rather than Q4 of this year. And I say that because I think the next Nintendo console is going to be. I think it's look at how big the Switch was when it came out and it was on the heels of the Wii U. People had written Nintendo off entirely and then they came out with a Switch and everyone says, okay, I want this now. And we all bought one. I think the next Nintendo console is going to be enormous, an e- extreme success for Nintendo. And by moving it out of that holiday window, they have just prevented years of bad blood from being formed. As is still the case, people are still mad at Sony. They're still mad at Microsoft because we had, I mean, granted, like the world was uh, a post-apocalyptic, you know, dystopia, but people are still mad you couldn't get one of those consoles for two years. So rather than have angry parents, you know, be in the news, like the hottest gift this year is the Nintendo Switch 2 and no one can get it. And there's, you know, $8,000 on eBay and pushing it to the, uh, the spring means that all the early adopters, all the people who want it, which, you know, us, everyone listening can get it. Uh, if you can't get it, you can wait and nobody's Christmas is ruined because hopefully by, you know, Q4, there's plenty of these to go around. So that's my theory behind the quote unquote push of the Switch 
successor. I do think that's a very optimistic take of you, Seth. I, I I'm excited for whatever the next console is, and I have no reason to think it will be bad. But if you're if you're talking about the Switch's success coming off of the lack of success of the Wii U, Nintendo doesn't have the best track record for following up a really successful console I mean, with a second really successful console. They usually you know, flip flop like, back and forth. Like the Wii U came off the Wii, which came off the GameCube. They. You know, uh, past performance is no indication no. of future, you know, gains. But I do think that in more than maybe since the like NES to Super NES days, I think Nintendo has their game like pretty locked in. And I think that the next, I think that the next console is going to be gigantic from just like a cultural standpoint. Hope will so. it be the most powerful? No. no. Will it do 4K? I doubt it'll do 4K. I doubt it'll do anything more than than full HD. But it will be just the thing that everybody has to have. Maybe yeah. they'll launch it with a Pokemon, which I wanted to talk quickly. Uh, there's a Pokemon Presents announced for next week. Are they going to announce the game for the next Switch? No, obviously not. But yeah, on uh, February 27th at 6 a.m., there will be a Pokemon Presents. Um, real quick, Reb, what do you think we're going to get? Oh, my God. This is this is such a painful topic. Oh, my gosh. To, to, Logan bringing up, like, people who, like, fantasy life and talking about games that are, like, that were that were previously handhelds and then, like, committing to keeping with the handheld tech, technological capabilities and aesthetic and not trying to be, like, a giant console game. Maybe Pokemon should have done that. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, that's all aside. Uh... Everyone's talking about remakes. Everyone's talking about black and white. Uh, that's kind of the big expectation people have. There's, there's like no evidence for that. I have no secret insider knowledge. No one really does. Uh, but I think that's the thing most people are hoping, ho hoping, hoping for as sort of the it's next the logical, hoping. the hoping, the next logical yeah. step. Uh, a lot of people are also talking about another Pokemon Legends game, uh, like Legends Arceus, because people really enjoyed that. I don't that's think there is any way on Arceus's green earth that we get a new mainline Pokemon game this year. I no. I think they would be out of their gosh danged minds to do something like that after Scarlet and Violet. They have got to take their time on the next one. Uh, I don't know if it'll be like a Switch 2 kind of thing or what, what they're doing, but good Lord. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if instead of one of those two things, it was more Scarlet and Violet DLC, but maybe they're yeah. just done with that. Um, we should, we usually see spinoffs uh, at these things, at these Pokemon presents. Uh, I feel like every year we get an update to Pokemon Cafe Remix. I don't know if that game's yeah. still going. Uh, I know people <laughs> would like a mystery dungeon. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. All of these are just like wild ideas I'm throwing out. Uh, I don't anticipate we get all of them. We might get one of them. Yeah, I think that this could be a very telling presentation for kind of what is Game Freaks and the Pokemon Company's take on everything that happened mm -hmm. with Scarlet and Violet. I won't say it will be, because I think the most likely scenario, I've been on the black and white train for a couple months now. I think that's going to happen. And I think like Diamond yeah. and Pearl, they'll have farmed that out to Ilka, probably the same studio that made those, those previous remakes. So it won't be a Game Freak developed game. So I don't think we see anything from Game Freak proper in this presentation. And that means this won't be a super telling presentation for what they think. If there is, for some reason, a Game Freak game, 
that's bad. That is a bad sign. Oh, it's a bad sign. Franchise. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, I would love to yeah. see Pokemon games on Switch Online. I think that is the easy slam dunk yep. win that would make yep. everybody Absolutely. happy and kind of get some goodwill back for Pokemon. So I'm thinking we'll see that. I'm thinking we'll see black and white remakes and then maybe some other spinoff. I, I love Mystery Dungeon. I'd love to see that come back. But yeah, I'm there better not be anything developed by Game Freak that's new. I will say I actually don't think it'll be Ilka. Uh, okay. I I'm trying to look up like what they're working on right now. But when I was when I was reading up on it earlier, they they seem like they've been busy on a couple of other projects like okay. fairly recently. Uh, I think I think they were involved in like a One Piece game and and maybe maybe a couple other things that are sort of coming out like last year, this year, next year, so something like that. They they seemed busy when I was reading up on what they were doing, and so I it it seemed perhaps unlikely that they were also working on a Pokemon. Also, I don't know. I kind of feel like they got thrown under the bus a little bit for Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. I maintain those were pretty good games. I enjoyed them a lot. I think a lot of people were mad that they weren't platinum. And that's a fair complaint. I don't think that was Ilka's decision. Uh, I don't think they're at liberty to make that decision. No, Brilliant Diamond also... and Shining Pearl is the one example of a Pokemon game on Switch that is maintaining their handheld roots. It's that top-down classic it style. It's I think Good. it looks better than any other Pokemon mainline Pokemon game on Switch. It they does. Do. Genu you're correct. And people complained that they were buggy. They were buggy if you played like 300 hours of them and did a bunch of weird running into quarters exploits and tried speedrunner strats. I played them straight through and finished the game in like what 30 hours or something. Didn't have a single problem. Meanwhile, we got Scarlet and Violet over here. Ooh. Anyway, this is not attempting to start a Pokemon war. Um, right. but I do feel like the community was really down on Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which is a bummer because they were totally solid, really enjoyable, pretty much exactly what I expected, uh, which is great most of the time. Yeah. Uh and I but I but I feel like the sentiment wasn't good and I feel I feel like TPC kind of threw them under the bus for that. So I, I don't know that we'll see Ilka again, but maybe we will. I don't know. That's Who knows? Hey, we'll find out uh, this time at this exact same time next week. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some updates on the card game and they'll have a new like region for uh, Pokemon Go and those will be. Yeah. Nice. So, all right, let's hit the Miiverse um, before we get into some Quemston longs. Logan, what you been up to? I have been playing Mario vs. Donkey Kong, which came out last oh. Friday, and I'm through and? about five worlds of it, and I oh, think nice. it's fine. I think it is it's, good. Yeah, it is exactly how I feel. It is a fine yeah. game. It's Mario vs. Donkey Kong. I think that, for me, who I think is the highest on Mario Brothers Wonder of almost anybody at IGN, maybe, like, I adore that game. And then a few months later going to, it's a very different game, obviously, but I'm controlling yeah. Mario in 2D. It's hard to not draw comparisons to the last time I did that four months ago. I just think that Mario just feels stiff. He doesn't feel yeah. as, it doesn't feel as fluid and well, fun it's, to control. It's as, those as classic, it's Donkey Kong, like yeah. original Donkey Kong arcade style. It, that, those games also, like Mario moves badly. Yeah. His and jump I, is so bad. In the, yeah. I agree with our review that the new worlds are the highlight. The puzzle design and the two new worlds they added is so much more interesting than the other ones, which it feels like a GBA game, which it is, and it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's it's not bad. I'm not down on it. It's just, it's Mario versus Donkey Kong. Like, you're not getting anything groundbreaking, super exciting. If you're a big fan of that series, you're probably really excited that this is back, and this is a franchise that yeah. has 
found its way to Switch. Also, we know who made it now. It was Nintendo Software Technologies, who is their oh. North American-based uh, developer who developed this entire series. So it stayed at home with the people who have made this series the entire time. But well, I don't know why they didn't tell us that before. Also, Charles Martinet is credited as Mario in this game because they just reused his voice clips. I found that oh. really, yes, really interesting that I thought Wonder was going to mark kind of the fresh start where it's going to be it's going to be the new voice actors forever going forward. But then for this remake, they went back to the old voice clips. So I'm curious to see if it's mm. a case-by-case case thing going forward or if we're going to get new voice clips for future Mario stuff or, or what. But I've, I found that interesting that it was Charles here in this one. I'm going to guess that contractually, he sold over the rights and uh, they just were like, well, we could pay somebody new or we could use what we have for free. And they went with the business decision. To yeah, they probably would have had to re-record everything as opposed to reusing and yeah, one of those. Is or it was probably yeah, <laughs> or maybe this was you know there was a a big actors strike. I don't know if you uh, all remember that. That might have led some to. But regardless, yeah, it's a fine game. Games. Logan, you also closed a chapter in your life. I did. Week. I got the Sora amiibo. Last week was a big amiibo show. Here it is, the ninety six. Thought you were about to ask him amiibo. about moving. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, yeah, also. <laughs> yeah. Well. You can see if you're watching the video version, I'm in my new office, which is still pretty barren behind me. But I did set up the amiibo shelf right there. That's the most important thing. So that's the yeah. most important. There it is. Yeah, that's all I have. Very it's cool. literally my desk and then my oh, amiibo. My, God, my temporary Logan. amiibo display is all And there's nothing wrong right now. Oh. with that. Congratulations. I love those those memes where it's like guys will like have this in their room and think it's okay and i'm like yeah like there's a mattress on the floor <laughs> and there's yeah. a shelf. <laughs> no it's this you will see this background evolve in the coming weeks yeah it's going to be excellent much different than this but yeah i actually had a fun story with the sora amiibo it was a, a very fitting ending to the amiibo collection journey because i went to pick up uh, my pre-order at best buy my in-store pickup and I was trying to pull up the barcode at the counter and it was just not there. The order had completely disappeared from my account. Oh. So I just tried to go to the Sora Amiibo page on bestbuy.com and it was gone. The Sora Amiibo was like delisted from bestbuy.com for a solid four hours on launch day. Wow. It was super bizarre. So I asked the customer service people who were awesome, by the way, shout out to the people at my local Best Buy. And they went and they dug around in the back and they were like, yeah, we have the Sora Amiibo. We've sold it to multiple people today. And they went to the back and they had to get me to describe it, what it looked like, what the packaging looked like, show them a picture. And it felt like the old days when I would get to the store at 7 a.m. when the doors opened and I would go up to the counter at the electronics department and say, I know you have these Amiibo in the back. Can you go and check for me? They would wheel out this giant cardboard box cart and they'd get their box cutter. They'd open up every single box. And they'd be like, this one. And I'm like, yes. I'm sorry for bothering <laughs> oh, so yeah. much right now, but it was very reminiscent of that. And I did end up with the Sora Amiibo from that Best Buy. And yeah, it was a fun story for the last one of the set. Nice. Oh, Congratulations on that get. That was a hard one to get. A lot of people are still pretty, yeah. pretty bummed out. It came into stock at Target for like an hour yesterday, I think. But, so nice. All right, uh, Reb, what have you been up to these days? I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't talked to you in forever, feels Aww. like been a couple weeks i've been i've been oh. really busy i've been traveling a lot i've had a lot of work stuff going on so i actually haven't been playing as many video games as i would have liked i've been the stuff but I excuse me I you can play switch on the plane i i am not a switch on the plane person usually i sleep on okay. planes i know oh, okay that's 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 the the life hack right there it's a time travel planes. hack uh yeah and what i have been most of my video game time has been 
wow i really can't talk today that's like the third one devoted to like a dragon infinite wealth uh but the thing i have been playing on the go while i've been traveling is nintendo it's near reincarnation on mobile so i I really like the Nier series. I love Nier Replicant. I love Nier Automata. I love the whole vibe of Nier. I've not played the Drakengard games, but I've read up on them, and I think that the whole universe is super cool. There was a Kotaku article several weeks ago. So Nier Reincarnation is the, this mobile game uh, that came out a couple years ago, and it is... The, it has been announced that it is winding down. It is going to officially shut down in April. Uh, the story is going to conclude in March. I didn't think anything of it. I played a little bit of it when it came out. It was fun. It was fine. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't super into it. Anyway, there was a Kotaku article talking about how Near Reincarnation is basically Near 3 and how the story stuff they've added in the last couple chapters this year has basically turned it into a sequel to Automata and continued that story. And apparently... The, the consequences of what is going on in reincarnation are wild for the near series. So I read this and thought, oh my God, I have to know what this is. So I, because it's a mobile game at the end of its life cycle, you know, it's, it's a free to play game with like gotcha mechanics and stuff. But at the end of its life cycle, they are just pouring free currency onto players. So oh, I, have, yeah. I have spent no money on this game whatsoever. I logged in and immediately got enough currency to pull just like tons and tons of characters from the, from the gotcha, pick the best ones, level them up very high and just burn through this story i think i played the whole story through in about 10 hours total uh just in, in fits and starts on my phone the there's like a stamina mechanic that probably used to keep you from playing too much in one sitting totally irrelevant now because you're just given so much stamina like you just play this like a normal video game now anyway for like the first three-fourths of that time it totally irrelevant seemingly too near but then towards the like as you get closer and closer to where the story is now you start seeing little bits of things that will be familiar if you're really into the near universe and then the most recent couple chapters completely merge and it's it is wild if you are a near person and you are not playing reincarnation you should play it because the consequences of what is going on in that game completely change where that series is left off and if they ever do another like big console near game they have to they have to inc incorporate this somehow. There's no way they can't. The final chapter is coming out in March. I'm fully caught up now, so I've set it aside. But I am nice. like, my brain is exploding. I freaking love this game. Wow. Also, the music, Keiichi Okabe, uh, never written a bad piece of music. Well, damn. All right. Well, people could check that out on mobile. Yeah, yeah. Free to play. It's on mobile. Uh, yeah. And and you get you do not have to spend any money on it whatsoever. If you if you're opening it and think you need to spend money. Look in your gift box again. You're fine. <laughs> There's no plans that we know about for more Nier right now, is there? Like, could this be the end of the Nier series? Or do you think that it is going to come back in a console game at some point? Oh, no, no. I... This one will be in the next Nintendo Partner Direct uh, <laughs> as a Switch port. I'd have to see, like, what the final chapter ends up being to figure out where it leaves the story. Because I don't, I don't want to spoil it for people. But depending on what the ending does, I could see a version of this ending very much opening the door to more near games and a continuation and mm -hmm. i can also see a version of this ending being sort of a definitive period on this story uh i know there what was a, a weird news place story. to do it though Just oh it's bizarre yeah. Yeah. well but so the i mean the ending of near automata also kind of puts a period on the story but then this one opens a new possibility 
I guess I'll okay. say. But it's how oh, these games are so weird. Uh, there was a there was a canceled near mobile game that got reported recently. Uh, I, I don't really know much about that. I think it. I think there, like Tencent was involved or something. Uh, or or maybe it was. Maybe I'm mixing that up with something else. I think I'm. I think I might be mixing that up with something else. But there was a canceled near mobile game that was uh reported on recently. So there, and, and I've I've heard like rumors too that Yoko Taro is w- trying to work on something, but it, it's just I don't think anything's materialized. So I think it's really clear that that guy still has ideas for where he wants to take this mm. series. It's just we don't have anything concrete at the moment and it, it's unclear like who would end up developing that who would end up publishing it uh how it would end up coming together i i don't know but i i don't think we're done with near nice well only the future tell us the future i don't know what i was trying to say there all right sixth week in a row but this is actually the final time i'm going to speak on prince of persia because the lost crown because i actually beat it okay. last week um, what a friggin' game. I'm like making mental notes when game of the year stuff starts rolling around that this has to be in the conversation because it is phenomenal. And I love it. And I talk about it every week, how great it is. And uh, like the final boss battle is kind of brutal. Mm-hmm. I played it on normal difficulty and normal difficulty is pretty hard. So I, I'm glad <laughs> I didn't start it on a higher difficulty. My friend beat it on easy and he's like, yeah, I was, I was okay playing it on easy. So, but like once again, if you haven't played this game, go play this game because it rules. It's awesome. It's completely worth checking out. It's so fun. I still, I, I think I'm going to go back and try to 100% it because there's still a couple of little shadowy areas on my map that I never went around to and I have all the abilities unlocked. But the other game that I wanted to speak on was uh, actually a th- three games in one. Ooh. That's the Tomb Raider Remastered Collection. Ooh. And oh my God, uh, Sam Claiborne actually had a code and he's like, would you be interested? And I was like, oh my God, I loved, I loved that original series. Like Tomb Raider 2, I remember playing it thinking like, this is the best game I've ever played in my life. I was like, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they play in 2024. And he just like wrote in Slack, like, LOL, not good. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Oh, uh, it, is, yeah. it is hard, it is very hard to return to this game. Um, I'm I'm bummed out. You, there are controls though that you can change to be modern controls. You don't have to use those awful PlayStation One pre Dual DualShock like um, controls. But the new controls aren't that much better. There's some weird stuff like you have to be moving to jump. You can't jump forward unless you're already moving forward. The new graphics are nice, but I actually prefer the like janky PlayStation One style graphics um yeah if you're thinking about picking this up because you loved the tomb raider games and you haven't played them in a while ah, they're hard to go back to for a lot of reasons like the ridiculousness we're watching the opening cutscene of like laura croft is on a mountain in the himalayas and she's wearing her like booty shorts mm-hmm. and her like sports bra uh on this <laughs> during the snowstorm one does with, with a cloak yeah it's it's silly i mean i might try to keep playing it but it's like games have come so far this was a revolutionary game one of the one of the coolest things that i remember experiencing back in the day but it hasn't aged well historically it's significant but you can probably you could probably skip that one all right joanna nicholas ponder says how are you oh thank you i'm fine Uh, thanks for asking and then wants to know what books are you reading Reb, you reading any books right now? 
Yeah. I know I'm, the answer to this because you always read. I am always I'm, Well, I'm in between books right now. So I just finished uh, this book called The Editor, uh, which is a, a fictional story about a, a man who is is an he's He's an author, but he hasn't really, he's, he's published a few short stories, but he hasn't quite gotten a novel out yet. And he's shopping around what he hopes will be his first big published novel. And an editor takes an interest in it. And he goes to meet that editor and talk with her about it. And uh, the editor happens to be Jackie Kennedy. Uh, <sighs> which, which is a real, I mean, that it, it's a fictional book, but it's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, she, she was doing book book editing yeah. uh and so he it's basically this this fictional imagining of him working with her on his book and you know learning things about her and her life and and then learning things about himself in the process and and his relationship to his own mother uh it's it's really beautiful it's kind of a cool story i have no idea how much historical accuracy is involved there but uh i i really enjoyed it and i am on the cusp of reading uh bird by bird by Anne lamott i haven't opened it and started it yet but i've been I, I've I've had a lot of friends speak very highly of that book, especially as a writer. So I'm I'm curious okay. to get into it. How many? Because I I think when I do see you on social media, it's mostly like pictures of a book that you've just read. How like how many books do you read, sort of in a month? Uh, usually it's not it's not as many as you, it's usually about two a month. Uh, I try to do I set myself a goal of twenty four a year, so roughly two a month. Uh, but what ends up happening is some months I read zero, and some months I read like seven. So. Sure. It's it's a very mood mood thing for me. Like I'll I'll get into book moods and then I'll I'll get out of a yeah. book mood and into a video game mood. And right now I'm I'm I was in a book mood at the start of this year and now I'm moving into a video game mood again. And I it'll turn back around. Sure. All right. Nice. Logan, what about you? You reading any books? Yeah. So uh, baseball season starts in about a month. So I'm yeah. so I am reading some some baseball books. Like I have a memoir about one of the Seattle Mariners broadcasters, Dave Niehaus. He was the broadcaster from the 70s until he passed away in 2010. And so there's a memoir about him that I'm reading right now. And the but what I've spent the last weekend reading was the manual for my new desk that I put together. That was the most <laughs> confounding, confusing, <laughs> obtuse thing. Oh my goodness! Because there's no text; it's just images. And oh yeah, they don't. Oh, so hard they don't to do decipher what to do. Yeah. And I ended up building one part in reverse and had to take it apart and do it again because the instructions told me go to the wrong page. So, but it's together oh. now and it's very nice. But. Yeah, it took me probably 12 hours to build. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. It was a marathon. Nothing. You could have built yeah. a table from like scratch. You could have yeah. just bought <laughs> yeah, lumber. Chopped down the faceters. tree. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I just finished uh, the fifth Dune book, Heretics of Dune. Oh, interesting. Yes. Because during the pandemic, I was like, you know, I've never read Dune and I want to read Dune fine. Like I tried a couple times when I was like younger and I couldn't kind of get past it. Just it was a little bit too dense for me. But as an adult, I read the first one. I loved it. I read the second one. Wasn't that great. Third one. Pretty good. The fourth one rules. And oh, the fifth one is about like the fifth one gets good about 60 pages from the end. And it's like a 500 page book. Um, there's a lot of stuff set up, but yeah, so I'm going to start I, I, immediately the next day after I finished Heretics of Dune, which is basically, um, outer space sex, witches are, um, somebody's moving a chair upstairs, uh, outer, outer space sex, witches are, uh, trying to take the galaxy away from the Bene Gesserit who are the normal space, witches, and then there's yeah. some murders and intrigue and things of that nature. And then I went to go get chapter house Dune at my local bookstore. They didn't have it. 
So, uh, and now I'm reading, I, th- I can't remember the exact title of it. I think it's called the three pillars of Zen Buddhism. So that's what I'm reading right now. But yeah, I love, I love to read. I spend, mm-hmm. I have a stack of books like next to my bed, both my wife and I, she yeah. likes to read books about, um, she's, uh, got a master's in industrial organizational psychology. So she likes to read books about, you know, workplace and leadership and things like that. And I just read, uh, Marvel comics, uh, sci-fi books, historical books. I just finished a book about Louis the 14th. That was a slog. That guy, boy, shout out to the sun King. Viva le Roy. (laughs) Yeah. France still loves him, but he wasn't that great. Apparently it smelled really bad, uh, in, in those days. Anyway. Yeah. I just read all the time. I love reading. It's like one of my funnest hobbies it's not video games but unlike video games i can read right before i go to bed if i yeah. play a video game before i go to bed i will play that video game yes well like i did with blast core i will stay up the entire night um, i gotta shout out yeah. something that the audience should read which is brian What's altano's that? preview of princess peach showtime oh yeah! my god i wanted altano on the show this week but unfortunately he couldn't make it because he's flying somewhere yeah. uh, again because he's always on the move that guy he never stops stop he liked it though he said it was definitely skewed towards a younger audience like we've kind of been suspecting the last several weeks we've talked about the game but that it was charming like you would expect in a nintendo game and that he was excited to play more so that was the general gist of the preview but yeah we're only about a month away now yep march 22nd so exactly a month away and then that's also when the pink pastel joy cons here we go there it is we are drawing to a close but i'm actually closing a little bit early because rev what do you want to shout out real quick Shout it out. I'm shouting something out? Yeah, oh shout my God. it out. Uh, talking about books, uh, shout out to Honest Dog Books in Wisconsin, uh, which I get a book subscription from, and they send me a curated book every two months based on my interests that I have told them. That sounds amazing. And I'm sorry, Logan, but I, I don't have time for you to shout anything out. But that's sorry. all the time we have left for this week's ABC. Before we go, I have a few favorites to ask. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. Helps us spread the good ABC word. We'll be forever in your debt. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.